Welcome to Grind, Grind, Sell, Sell, Elevate, Elevate, with your host, Tizer Evans, a podcast dedicated to bringing you the top minds in all areas of business, entrepreneurship, sales, and leadership. Let's elevate together. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining me on Grind, Sell, and Elevate. This is your host, Tizer Evans, and I'm here with Donnie Bovine today. Donnie, thanks for uh, coming on the show. Pfizer one. That's a cool damn first name. That's a first for me. I've never heard that for it. It took me a double take to get it, man. But dude, I'm stoked to hang out with you. Even if it's the quick jab that we just had, you know, hanging out for a minute, man. Uh, you're a good guy. I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, learning more about your world, talking about my story and see if we can deliver some crazy value for your listeners. Yeah. Likewise. It's always good when two Texans get together and, uh, and, and chat. Um, Donnie's in Fort Worth. I'm in Houston as everybody uh, knows I, I bitch about it often, um, but yeah, we're on the good side of Texas. <laughs> yeah, he's on the good, he really is. I mean, hey, we've been we've been heavily looking at Flower Mound, uh, you know, Grapevine, Colleyville, that area. So we'll be we'll be up there within the next twelve months, be my guess. Um, but no, so you're the, you're the founder of you know Success Champion Networking, uh, Success Champion Podcast. Got a new podcast out uh, as well, which is what's your new podcast? Growth Mode growth mode i knew it was something very clever all about growth and then you've got you've written you've written several books uh, yep. newest one fuck to focus um and then you got your you got a summit group man you got a whole bunch of stuff going so why don't you walk us through donnie introduce yourself i know it's kind of gave a general overview but walk us through your journey and kind of how you got to where you're at today so um, I'll give you the, the the nickel tour so we can jump in and give them more value. But the long story short, sold uh, straight commission sales for 20 years and turned 40 before I knew I could be this thing called be an entrepreneur, start my own business. Um, I started listening to the guys like Gary Vee, Tim Ferriss, you know, uh, Tony Robbins, Jensen Chero. And in my last career, I was with a company called Sandler Training and supposedly became one of the top sales trainers in the country. I don't know what that means other than really good flapping my gums in front of a room. And Sandler's a franchise set up, was going to buy out the franchise, uh, seven years in to do that. Me and my then business partner went out to dinner, had, we're still great friends, but he looked at me at that point and said, Donnie, thank God you're my retirement plan. You know, I looked at my entire life and I'd always been somebody's retirement plan. And I looked at the hundreds of millions of dollars I've sold over the years in different products and services and what they made versus what I made. And it was just a tremendous gap, right? Yeah. So 15 days later from that night, I jumped out, launched my company. Sandler Corporate came after me with an international non-compete, uh, tried to battle them out, lost. Uh, so I was unable to talk about sales, business development, sales training anywhere in the world. So I started off as a success coach through six figures worth of income at trying to launch a business, failed miserably. Six months into doing that, stood on the back porch of my farm, looked at my wife, said, babe, we're about to lose everything we own. Uh, the mortgage was three months behind. Uh, her Jeep got repossessed. She had to literally go cash in her 401k to save the farm. Um, and she looked at me at that point, she said, Donnie, get off your ass and go sell something. And what I realized for me is I never saw the CEOs of the companies I worked for. The only time I saw the CEOs is when I brought in a multimillion dollar account or we were losing a multimillion dollar company, you know, and I went through a couple of mergers and acquisitions, but, you know, I had no idea what a CEO, let alone a business owner actually did. So I was doing what I thought they did, which was sit in the damn corner office and create shit. 
So um, after I figured out I need to go out and sell more, started getting off my ass, found podcasting, uh, launched a show. Show took off at one point, hit number 22 in the world. Um, so it was sitting next to all the guys I was, you know, listening to, which was really cool. Mm-hmm. Get some great screenshots. Non-compete comes up in September of 2018. And now I could talk about sales. So I got all the momentum of podcasting. Now I can talk sales. Flash forward to where we are now. We operate three companies, have two of the top podcasts in the world, five best-selling books and a partridge in a pear tree. <laughs> <laughs> well, congrats on your success and kudos to you for not giving up because a lot of people uh, would have given up to farm and just said, fuck it and gone back yep. to their old job and whatnot. So, well, I'm just curious what made you uh, keep going. So two thought processes. One, I realized I only fail if I quit. Mm-hmm. And so I wasn't going to throw in the towel. And then the second thing is I made up this fictitious story um, and I pretended that there were thousands of people around the world watching me. Their eyes were on me. And I kept telling myself, if I fail, I prove their fear right. Mm. And so what I ran through my head was, if Donnie can't do it, I can't do it. So I had I pretended that I had all these people watching. I don't think a fucking soul was watching me, right? But I pretended that all these people were watching me to see if I could pull this off because if I could do it, they could do it. So I really put it on there. I only fail if I quit and then you know put it on that I've got to make this work for them. And those two thought because you know just betting on me was not something that was pushing me far enough to not right. quit, but putting in the, in the idea of, man, I got all these people that I cannot let down. This has to work. Uh, was a really cool kind of second kick in the ass to, to get me to keep going. That is cool. No, I, I love that. The kind of the reframing, right. And, and I try to tell people all the time. And so I think that visualizing sometimes is, is really important because your brain can't distinguish the difference between reality and what, what you're, you're telling it. And so if you give yourself a different nor- a different narrative or a different story, it believes that it starts to become the belief that it's true. So if you have that, you feel that pressure and that sense of urgency, um, I can see how that would really help propel you. But what did you start doing maybe different when you went at it a second time versus you know dropping the six figures and not doing well? What did you start to pivot and change differently in your business structure and model? Yeah, and I'm going to answer that question, but I want to talk a little bit about the reframing. The difference between me when I think when most people think about reframing is they always think about it from a perspective of where am I going to be, right? What's that dream life I'm going to accomplish? Mm -hmm. And then it's more of a... For some people, their mind doesn't wrap around it because they're, they're not there yet, so they can't get themselves to believe that process. When you reframe from a perspective of it impacts in other people and it brings in kind of that fourth wall element to it, because I mean, there really were some people watching me, like my wife was watching me, my family was watching sure. me, right? So, so it kind of brought in that fourth wall from the, you know, the TV side of things into it. So there was more tangible assets tied to that reframing. And I think that's a key point to put in there to help people figure out the reframing. And, you know, for, for me, when I found podcasting, well, one, first I started selling, you know, uh, first and foremost, I, I realized that's the one thing that I wasn't doing. It's the one thing I'm good at is actually selling crap. Um, and my struggle was that I didn't know exactly what to sell because I couldn't talk about sales, sales training. So I was doing a lot of motivational coaching, which I don't really know what that means. 
Um, and I was, you know, advising and doing a lot of crazy things just to try and make it all churn and work. Um, but when I found podcasting, yeah, the a couple things happened. One, the, the podcast took off really, really fast, really quickly. And I got a couple of cool reasons why, but the, I started having these really big names reach out to me to want to be a guest on the show and I realized if I was going to have these big names reaching out to me that I couldn't have a shit show of a back end of my podcast, right? I actually did because I launched a podcast with a gamer headset, Zoom and a laptop. And now I had these big names reaching out to me. So I had to put something together. So that's when I started learning processes. I started learning systems and I started creating, you know, a kind of more of a step by step way. Then as the podcast took off, people started reaching out to me to come speak and talk about podcasting. And that gave me the leverage. So I will say that I never did sales training in that entire year. I was, you know, in my non-compete, but I did a lot of motivational coaching um, mm -hmm. during that time. And uh, being on the podcast stages and the likes, people started hiring me. We created a podcast consulting company at that point, And we were going into companies to help launch internal podcast, external podcast. Um, and at one point, my entire business was really wrapped up in the podcasting space and industry. Then once we got to the non-compete being up, we shifted out of the podcast world so much because I knew where the big game really was going after. And uh, we've now evolved all the way up to helping small businesses grow because it wraps around the idea, the biggest struggle that most small businesses or people who leave corporate America and launch a business struggle with is no one ever told them they actually had to go out and sell, you know, so, so we fix their mindset and the likes and actually teach them how to sell in a way that resonates with their, with their own personal belief systems. Interesting. Yeah, that was, and I appreciate you kind of going through that. And I do want to go back to more of the podcast sure. um, stuff as well. I took a note on that, but I, I did notice when I was kind of reading through your bio, one of the things you talk about helping businesses and I like your approach. Cause like, you know, my wife owns a business. So we own an interior design firm. I live in Katy, um, you know, right outside of Houston. And, yep. and so she owns her own business and I've watched her kind of go through a lot of these no, no systems, no process, right? Yep. To like had to figure this whole thing out. Um, we talk a lot about helping businesses grow through referrals and collaborations. Yep. And and I watch my wife. My wife is someone who people reach out to her on Instagram because she is does beautiful design work. So it's pretty easy for her to get business. I hate to tell people that, but it really is. <laughs> uh, where it's not for a lot of people though. And so can you walk us through maybe some of the strategies when it comes to, because I think referrals is unbelievable and it's one of the most underutilized. Well, you know, it's funny is I used to teach referrals like they were the end all be all. And I, hell, I even got a book out there called The Endless Stream of Referrals. But as I've continued on my journey, what I've learned is there's something a hell of a lot more even powerful than referrals. So I'll talk about them both. Sure. So um, a, a referral is, you know, Tizer, go meet Mike. You know, Mike's looking for your services. He's expecting your conversation. You know, go have a great talk. There's a sales component tied to that referral, right? Um, for me, very rarely do I run into your perfect end client user, right? I, I, I don't often run across from people that raise their hand and say, hey, I'm looking for this. 
because I don't get into the right conversations with my clients and things to be able to make that perfect referral. But I do often get in conversations with people that have this synergistic nature to them that could be of tremendous value for you. So um, remind me what you sell, Tizer. It'll be more fun. We'll just use you as an example. Um, I sell uh, health insurance. So cool. So we'll start there. So in the health insurance game, right, there is a, I mean, very rarely do I hear somebody say, hey, I need some new health insurance. Right. However, there probably are some very specific industries that would be very synergistic in nature. Like they already have your perfect clientele, but, and they're not competition for you. So like, who's your biggest referral industries in the world? Like these people give you a ton of referrals, you know, for your business, you know, what industries they are? Yeah. So we have like channel partners with like a third party administrator, right? So they're the ones who are going to, for mid-market companies, adjudicate the claims and are front facing, but you know, we're more on stop loss. So they're, they're like a, a partner where they could refer a business, but they're not in competition with us. Right. Is there anybody else that would be somebody I might run into like another industry that I might run into that would get you into like, so let's go different. What size companies are you typically working with? Uh, five to a thousand. So five employees to a thousand plus. Cool. So um, there's likely to be other consultants, other coaches, you know, other type of people that are already working with your perfect clientele. Mm, so instead, yep. right. So instead of me trying to find a company that wants to bring you in to talk about the health insurance side of, th- that of things, I'm going to go through my contacts and go, okay, which consultants, like, do I know any HR consultants that are working with this volume, these type of companies? And I'm going to make that introduction. There's no referral between me and that person. It's literally just an introduction. You two go talk. Now there may be a ton of referrals that come from that, but I'm more likely to run into an HR consultant versus running into, you know, somebody saying, Hey, my whole company needs health insurance. Right. And if we get the whole world to understand this idea and to start focusing more on this, you know, who can open a lot of doors for me, you create this cool synergistic world of you helping each other out and a shit ton of business happens. And, you know, I kind of had this epiphany, you know, sometime this year. And we started shifting the focus of a lot of our business to start talking more about introductions and the amount of business that we've done based on this theory and a lot of business that other people have done once we've turned them into this idea. It's just been tremendous. So I would tell people if in your content, how you talk, how you show up, you know, don't always worry about the end users. Start also bringing into the mix the people that can open those doors for you and you can make some cool relationships with. Yeah, that, that actually, the, when you were talking about it, I was thinking too close to home, but I was like, no, you're talking more for me. It's like a guy that just does life insurance. So he yes. might just go in there and just do the life. No, it doesn't care about the health, but, and I don't care about the life, right? So we might be great uh, collaborating uh, with one another, um, or like a payroll company, right? They, yep. they, they don't, they just care about doing the payroll. They don't care. Well, some of them do, but most of them don't. Yeah, that's no, great. I, I think it's, uh, no, I think that that's, that's dead on because they're already servicing your clients in a different capacity. Um, so to get their book of business is really what you're going after. 
uh, in a collaborative fashion. Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in to Grind, Sell, Elevate this week. Uh, this episode is brought to you by Odin's Ruth Clothing Company. Odin's Rune is a clothing company that is for those people that are burning the boats to live a purpose-driven life. Those who can appreciate the Vikings and Nordic culture's sense of adventure, their sense of loyalty, their sense of honor above all things. So if you're into a motivational type clothing theme that's got a little bit of a Nordic twist, um, go ahead over to odinsrune.com. And if you guys put in code friend of Odin, you'll save 20% on anything in the store. So again, that's code friend of odin for 20 percent off of odinsrune.com 100 100 and and doing this you know sometimes that referral comes with a lot of weight on it right so you know if i'm referring somebody in for financial advisory i'm referring somebody in for insurance you know those type of things you know i'm kind of vouching for that person saying hey this is the absolute person you need to do and most times, if I'm going to vouch for them, you know, there's a reason we have a relationship and the likes. But networking as a whole has been taught for years that, you know, you should just introduce somebody because you know them, right? Right. And or you should refer somebody just because you know them. And, you know, you're putting your brand on the line when you say, hey, this is the guy you need to be doing your insurance or this is the guy you need to be doing your financial advising through. Because if that person screws it up, it doesn't just affect the person that you you know, referred them to. It comes back on you as well, because you're the one that said, hey, this is the guy you should be using. There was a trust factor. And if that trust gets broke, it damages both parties. So when we started introducing the idea of introductions, now it takes the weight off the conversation because it's not, hey, go have a sales conversation. It's, hey, go grab a cup of coffee, grab a cocktail, you know, go grab a cool conversation and just see what turns up and often or not, they find some cool ways to work together and open up just some killer doors. And, and people have really latched on to this idea. Yeah, no, I love, it. I think it's, I think it's a, a really great um, idea. One of the other things I wanted to talk to you about, I, I saw on your site and I was curious to get your take. So we, referrals, we talked a little bit about collaboration. Do you see any areas where small business owners are missing the mark when it comes to getting their name or their branding. I know we've talked about podcasts. I do want to circle back to that, but other than podcast, maybe internally or externally, are there any other avenues you're helping yep. them position themselves in the market? For sure. So, and I love talking about this. Um, there's nobody on this planet that has a sales problem. And let me explain. 99% of the people, 100% of the people in the world, if they can sit across from the right person, right time and have a good conversation, they usually will bring that person on as a client, right? It's just good yeah. conversation, good things happen. So most people can handle that conversation. What they suck at is getting to that conversation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what yeah. I tell everybody is, you know, you don't have a sales problem. You have a business development problem because business development is all the things that get you to that conversation. So if you're listening to this, you're going to want to get out a pen and paper because I'm going to walk you through a cool way to fix all this, right? So there's three key components of business development strategy you need to look at. The first one, we call it warm conversations, okay? And warm conversations is your networking, your after hours, your conferences, your trade shows, your workshops, anywhere you can get face-to-face, Zoom-to-Zoom with somebody and meet new people, maybe see the same people and get some inter synergistic partnerships going. But it's all warm conversations where you're able to easily get in a conversation with people. There's, there's almost a sales type conversation expected. 
The second one is cold outreach. And this is the stuff that people hate. This is your cold calling, your direct your messaging on like LinkedIn, your direct mail, your email, maybe your door to door. These are all the activities you do where you're reaching out to somebody who has no idea that you're calling, no expectation of a conversation. And you go from, hi, my name is Donnie to, hey, let's sit down, have a sales conversation. They become a client. Okay. The third one we call hand-raising activities. And hand-raising activities is all the things that allow you to put out information where people can raise their hand and say, I'm interested and want to learn more. So this is your social media posting. This is getting on podcasts, speaking on stages. This is writing a blog or local PR and marketing type stuff. Anywhere you can put out information and people are like, ooh, I really want to know more information about that. So what we tell people is you got to have one of each of these activities at minimum going at all times. You got to be yeah. doing the warm conversations in the marketplace. You got to be doing the cold outreach of some sort. And for most people, it can be as simple as going to LinkedIn and connecting with people and getting conversations going there. Or if you're more B2C, it might be a Facebook, Instagram type of thing to get those conversations going. Um, for some people, cold calling is still alive and well. I'd still do live dial cold calls on LinkedIn uh, and YouTube where people can watch me do live cold calling, speakerphone on both ends. You know, so uh, then you've got to be able to get the hand raising activities out there where people can say, hey, I'm really interested in it. And if they start looking at these and look at those three business development you know, activities and they start measuring how many conversations with people that can say yes, they're getting to on a consistent, regular basis, they can actually forecast how fast they'll grow their business based on how quickly they can get to those conversations. So if they just got to focus on the business development and quit worrying so much about the sales and you're going to find yourself just in a lot more cool conversations. No, I love it. I mean, that's, you, you don't know this and people listen to podcasts. I've heard this um, several times, but I've flipped seven sales teams and in the way that I've always been able to do that uh, quickly, the last one, we took it from 8 million to 25 million in about 20 months was just talking what you're talking about. Like it was just, I went out there, I was like, we gotta be omnipresent. You know, so I did, I went speaking, we did webinars, right. We cold called the fuck out of people. Yep. Um, yep. We hit people that we re-engaged people that used to work with us that were no longer working with us. Right. I pulled up dead leads from two, three years ago, went back after those targeted leads that we never closed. I mean, there's so many different avenues and there was just this tremendous lift um, just doing really simple things. But I tell my guys, like, you got to do it every day. Yep. Like, you got to do it every day, period. Yep. You know, th that's just is what it is. Well, and it's because when you're an employee, there's a lot of places to hide. And, you know, when you work for other people, you can, you can often hide behind the numbers sometimes because you can get just good enough where some good things happen, you know, um, and people leave you alone. That's why you see a lot of your middle of the road salespeople are able to just kind of drift along. You know, they're doing just good enough. So nobody worries about them. But the shift happens when you launch your own business because there's no place left to hide. Right. right. As an employee, you can use all the excuses of eh, the lead suck. The marketing's not doing well. There's so much competition in the marketplace. And as long as you stay in the middle of the field. Right. Everybody's going to leave you alone for the most part. But when you launch your own company, yeah, you're like walking around town buck naked. Right. Yeah. You know, freaking it's 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 go time. So, you know, if you're not 
disciplined enough to do the business development activities, you're going to wake up, you know, because everything that happens now is basically a reflection from about 90 days ago, you know, and, and if you're not doing the shit to get into those conversations 90 days from now, you can't be pissed off today because you're not hitting your goals. Go look at the asshole that was performing 90 days ago and that'll tell you why you're sitting here, you know. You, you and I, you're speaking my language. I mean, I, I don't know how many times I've said that to a salesperson. You're, you're, whatever is happening today, your lack of activity and, and prospects is because whatever you're doing 30, 60, 90 days ago, right? Yep. It all it all catches up. This is why consistency and persistency, even to the, they say, I told you how long we've been doing sales. Here's my my, my cold call sheet from <laughs> That's awesome. today. You know, I, I still, because I, I still, it's the power of just checking off the box, you know, yep. for me. Yep. Um, it just some instances as an activity done. So I just tell people like, I still do it. I talk to my boss earlier and he doesn't check in on me. I'm the, the kind of the remote employee that, uh, does, that works, you know, by myself every day. And I go, Hey man, I was a little light on my calls today. He goes, the fact that you always have to bring up that you're a little light on your calls tells me that you're always doing your fucking job every day. <laughs> you know, I, I, go, I, yeah. I, I tell you all the time. I'm like, dude, you want the company off your back, then be number one. Yeah. Because number one gets taken fucking care of and they don't get the, hey, it's Friday at four o'clock. What are you doing? Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, the, the number one, you get left alone. So so if you're bitching about your boss or your company getting on you and you're in a sales role, fix it. Go be the top fucking sales guy. And trust me, they'll sing a different song really, really, really quick. Yeah, they'll be calling you on a Friday asking why you're not golfing at 11. Right. <laughs> you know, so, uh, no, I, I, and so let's pivot back real fast, Donnie. Um, I really enjoyed talking to you. It's actually, it's already 30 minutes has already kind of flown by. Um, so you talked about your podcast took off quickly and you had a few things you did well. I think that you know, moving forward, Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in to Grind So Elevate again this week. I did want to let you know that I do have an additional podcast called The Book Legion. The Book Legion is a podcast where it's 10 to 15 minutes. I jump on uh, once a week, also with the co-host Kevin Diaz, and we chat about books, about the core pillars of our lives to help us get better. So a lot of personal development books on spirituality, sales, leadership, health, wellness, you name it. Those are the books we cover. We have over 55 episodes out already that's been up for over the last year and a half. Um, it's just as big as Grind So Elevate. We give a lot of really great feedback. So we'd love to hear from you, books, reviews that you like, and then also the books that you'd want us to cover. So if you haven't heard of uh, The Book Legion, go check it out either at thebooklegion.com where you can subscribe or on any outlets where they have podcasts, you'll be able to find The Book Legion. Thanks so much. If businesses aren't creating podcasts or don't have one, they absolutely should be thinking about it internally or externally as a marketing or just internal communication to people. But for those that really want to grow it as a as a vehicle to either monetize or to help grow their business, you know, how what are some tips they can get to have so, an upward trajectory? Um and now granted, I come from a, a long years in sales, but uh, one of the things I started doing is I started uh, getting on more and more stages and even a little bit prior to is if I was given a speech, whether it was in my hometown, whether it was out of state, wherever it was, I would plot out the three to five hotels around wherever I was speaking. Because I've used to do a lot of traveling sales and I know that every one of those hotel bars, there's going to be 
you know, one to two sales guys sitting on the, on those bars, missing home, miserable as fuck, you know, sitting there drinking their fucking blues and they're drinking because they're bored, right? There's nothing else yeah. to fucking do. You can go sit in your room and watch fucking stupid TV or you can sit at the bar and hope you get into a conversation with somebody. Yeah. So I would speak. And if I didn't have to like go entertain the crowd or whatever, I would then go pick the first bar. I'd find the one or two assholes sitting at the bar by themselves. I'd go up and sit right next to them. And obviously would strike up a conversation and somewhere along the way where it made sense, I'd say, Hey, do you listen to podcast? And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, which podcast? And every time it's Joe Rogan, right? You know, that's always the <laughs> fucking answer. And I'm like, cool. What do you listen to podcast on? What app? You know, is it Spotify? Is it Apple? What is it? And you know, they would tell me whatever they listen to. And there's a lot of Apple back in the day, but I'm just getting more and more Spotify and Google now. But um, I say, cool, pull out your phone. They're like, Okay. And then now it's a little weird, right? Cause I'm just sitting in a bar and I'm like, pull out your phone. So you're going to get that halfway glance, but usually they, they would pull it out. I'm like, go in there and type my show in. Right. So like now go in and type groom growth mode and they would type it in. They go, wait, Hey, that's you. I'm like, yeah. Cause my pictures on my cover. So I could do this really, really well. And they're like, that's fucking cool. I'm like, would you do me a favor? And I'd show them how to subscribe. And I said, Go listen to a couple of episodes, but do me a favor. Would you send me an email with what your takeaways are? And so I get these couple guys to do it. And I'm like, guys, I got to go on. Then I just go to the next bar. And I would do this at three or four bars, you know, anytime I was going out. And dude, I was getting these random emails from motherfuckers all over the place because they wanted to say, hey, here was my, le- you know, my lessons learned. Yeah. And so I would always go, dude, that, and I reply to them all. I'm like, oh, that's so awesome. Well done. You know, uh, uh, do me a favor and take your favorite episode and share it with a buddy and ask them to send me their lessons learned. So now they're like, oh, dude, I found this guy. Cool show. You got to listen to this shit. You know, and now I'm getting, you know, more emails from people I've never met before. And I'm replying to them and doing the same thing. But it became this whole guerrilla marketing thing. So what I tell people to really get your show up and rocking, you know, you got to become a walking billboard and you've got to really turn off the I give a shit. And what I mean by that is you got to not give a damn if somebody looks at you and says, well, that's dumb. Why would I listen to your fucking show? Right. And you're going to hear all kinds of stupid things, but you got to get out there and be willing to tell everybody you talk to that, Hey, what do you do for a living? And if there's something that you're, or, you know, if it's a hobby podcast or whatever your show is, if you've got to find people that are into that kind of stuff and go, Oh dude, I've got this. And simply say, subscribe here's my email address, send me a takeaway from the episode. And you'll be amazed at how much people are like, and, and they'll tell the people, I actually know the host of that fucking thing, you know? Uh, and it became kind of this cool, just up here, uphill roll because I had, I built almost like an army of people that were sharing this shit out of everything. That's so. awesome. I love it. I totally love it. You know, it's, it's something that I definitely, I've traveled like you. I'm that sales guy, you know, uh, at, at the bar at eight, eight, eight 30, just kind of yeah. having an IPA cause I'm, I'm bored. Um, right. And just oftentimes I'll even bring my phone with, uh, my headphones and I'll listen to a podcast cause I'm so bored, <laughs> but yep. I just want to be my people, you know, yep. so I just kind of down there yep. uh, hanging out. Oh uh, no, I, I love that. Don, anything else that you think that would be, yeah. Another good tip. I would tell most people that if your show sucks and there's like nobody listening to it, odds are you just have a shitty Zoom conversation going on. 
Um, nobody wants to listen to your Zoom conversation. So I tell everybody, you know, make sure your show has a fucking point. Make sure people know clear without a shadow of a doubt of why they should be listening to it and what the takeaways are. And, you know, I tell people all the time that do just interview shows. And I like your style because you're actually into the conversation, you know, but oftentimes, you know, I'll sit across from people that do these interview podcasts yeah. and all they're doing is making me look like the rock star, which is cool for me but it does nothing for their business, you know, whatsoever. So if you look at an interview style podcast, you really should look at it from the perspective of what do I need from my guest that enhances what I say, allows them to bring in their expert thought processes and allows me to be seen as a thought leader in the space. So I'm using them to validate a lot of things I put out there. Or you've got to come from a place of complete curiosity, yeah. meaning you've got to be so into what they're telling, like you're a student of their knowledge. So you come at it from what questions would my audience be asking? What would they be looking for here? How do I actually learn this? And some of my biggest episodes ever back when I did an interview style podcast is where I got coached live on the air. People were mm-hmm. actually coaching me you know, asking questions of, of me as the host and walking me through their process and systems. And people were really leaning in one, because, you know, I have no problem airing out whatever the fuck I've done in my life, you know, so that helps. But two people could then learn to do the process as they were listening on their own. And every time I did a show like that, man, the number of messages and feedback I got was just insane. So, you know, you really got to think about what you're doing with the show overall. And then, The last tip and trick is you got to Joe Rogan it. And what I mean by Joe Rogan it is he's the best. He he literally, you'll be scrolling through TikTok, Instagram reels, you know, YouTube shorts, whatever. And you'll stumble across a scientist says he's going to beat the shit out of Joe Rogan. And you're like, wait, I think no scientist going to beat the shit out of Joe Rogan. And it plays a clip of this dude going, Joe, you're a fucking idiot. And then it goes, Joe goes, well, and you're a moron. And then you go, fuck, what caused that thing, right? So they leave almost like cliffhanger of you wanting to lean into the damn thing. And then you go listen to the fucking episode and that scene never happened. They dubbed two scenes together to make it look like this fucking dramatic moment happens. And they've always been brilliant at doing that. So how do you create this kind of cliffhanger lean in content that gets people to go, ooh, I want more of that. That part is key. I need to get a lot better at that for my own. And I agree with the second point a lot. I mean, it, it is really kind of two styles and two people I thought about was like Rogan and Lewis Howes. Like yep. they have like insanely curiosity, like genuine curiosity or an Ed Milet. He doesn't have always the same type of curiosity. No, Ed he, wants to tell you his story every five seconds. Correct. <laughs> right. He kind of piles on to whatever the other person yep. is saying. So it's just, it's just a, it's a bit different. He's, a, he's very much about himself, although he's about his guest. Right. Where the other yep. two are like really just honestly, I always feel like genuinely curious. I, I think the, the the difference, if you look at those formats, is every show Ed's going to say, well, I grew up and my dad was an alcoholic, you know, <laughs> and stuff. Right. You're never going to hear Lewis or Joe go back to the beginning because you know their story already. Right. You know where Joe came from with Fear Factor and all that other shit. Right. 
you know, Lewis Howe from his kind of background. So they're not leaning on their past story to move them forward, which allows them to be completely focused on the guest yes. and, yeah. and to dive into their world further. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I think it's really great the way you cut it up. Cause I never thought about that. I did know for me doing the interview style, I couldn't, cause I've been on podcasts where you get like someone to ask you 20 questions yeah. and it's like, what about this? What about this? What about this? Yeah. What about, th-? and I'm like, Whoa, this is not engaging. I can't imagine someone listening to this and thinking that they're enjoying the <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> listening, to, right. listening. That's just me personally. Um, you know, kudos to them. Do you, do you, uh, but no, I love the breakdown. Um, Don, I've really enjoyed the conversation with people wanted to connect with you or work with you or your companies. Where could they go and find you and more of your content? Yeah. So two easy ways. You can go to DonnieBovine.com. So D-O-N-N-I-E-B as in boy, O-I-V as in Victor, I-N.com. Or you can say, text the word success to 817-318-6030. We'll send you all of our social links and some cool freebies that go along with that. Um, but guys, do me a favor. If you're listening and you've gotten this far and you've hung out with us, do Tizer a really cool thing, man. Being a, a fellow podcast host, I can tell you it's a bitch growing your show. It's a lot of work, a lot of energy, a lot of effort. So if you got any value out of this episode or any of his other episodes he's put out there, do him the honor of sharing this out with one person and just tell one other person they need to listen to this show, man. It'll mean the freaking world to him. Uh, and really helps him get his message out to the world. So, so just one person, share it one person, and watch uh, how fast a community grows when you guys are willing to support and throw him some love. Appreciate that. Thank you very yeah, much. Man. Sincerely, dude. Thank you. Uh, Donnie, again, I will post a link to his uh, website, his books, and his podcast below in the show notes. If you guys scroll down, click the link, check out. Um, so he's got two podcasts now. Are you still going to continue the success champion podcast? No, we, we, we quit doing, that's the one that really took off. I mean, growth yeah. modes a, in a, you know, it's a top, I think 5% of all podcasts right now, but um, you know, success champions when it went to all its fame and accolades, it just didn't keep feeding the company. So we haven't produced an episode on there in almost a year now, maybe a little bit okay. longer. Um, but I'll, I'll make a, a, a cool thing for your audience. So my latest book, fuck to focus, you can find it on Amazon. Just type in fuck to focus. Um, if any of your listeners goes and buys 10 books, so they're $3.99 a piece. So $40, um, they go buy 10 books. They email me at Donnie at Donnie uh, and with the receipt and shows me they bought 10 books. I'll send them my personal schedule link and sit down and give them an hour of my time to work on whatever they want to work on, whether it's sales or business process, whatever. Um, because that does me a favor of helping me keep my book up there. More and more people see it. They'll probably distribute out to so many people. So I'm glad to give them an hour of my time to help them out. So 40 bucks for a conversation. I'd take me up on it. Yeah, I would as well. So it's great, Donnie. Thank you. Uh, everybody go buy the book and say it's on Amazon. It's only $3.99. That's incredible. Yep. It's a great price. Uh, it's going to be packed with a lot of value after you've heard a story today. So uh, Donnie, thank you so much. I've enjoyed the conversation. I look forward to staying in contact with you. Absolutely, brother. My honor.